Toe Jam Player? You didn't mention that you were taking us off Podbean streaming and exclusively on title. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Yeah. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Oh, jam. Either version. I love both versions. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. You can hear laughter in the background. We almost didn't make it. Isn't that right, guys? It is July 2015. And the Peach and Black crew are back into your ear hole with another episode. Some said this would never happen, but we're here to prove those people wrong. So we're all back on this uh, virtual roundtable. And before we go any further, let me introduce the crew that you know and love, Player. Go on, take that banana, take it. (laughs) Toe Jam. I'm just a simple-minded, banished one, picking apart the faulty logic and poking holes. (laughs) <laughs> You've had a few months to think about that. I like it. <laughs> Captain. Who are you people? I don't know any of you. <laughs> <laughs> the voices and are familiar, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard the show. I wouldn't call myself a regular listener. <laughs> this is not a show. That's right. This is not a show. It's MC. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a minute, uh, as they say in the States. Uh, it's been a little while, but we are here again. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We need to explain what actually happened because it was like, how long has it been since we all talked to each other? Like four months ago, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Close to four months, maybe. Yeah. Only about two weeks ago, you know, MC sent us a message and he's like, oh, I I think we need to record something again. And I'm like, oh, why? Why?" We were summoned. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, okay. MC's like, what's the the spidey senses? Spider-Man. They were ting, the purple senses were tingling. He knew. And then by the time we couldn't get to get it together last week, and this week we all managed to get together at the same time, didn't know what we're going to talk about, so we're like, oh, let's just review the tracks that have come out in the last few months. So we did that, and we thought, oh yeah, that's a good show, we can put that out, and we woke up the next morning to see the announcement for a new album, and half the show that we just recorded doesn't make that much sense. <laughs> so Chris has been waiting, he's been waiting, he, he's got a, he's he's hacked us. He's hacked all our computers. Yeah. And he's just been waiting. He's like, I'm not going to announce this album until Peach and Black record something. And then- <laughs> uh, we're here just to put that uh, disclaimer <laughs> and talk about the, the new album. So Yeah, yeah talk, talk about perfect timing, eh, Prince? Unbelievable. What's the, what's the chance after, like, almost four months of not even talking to each other? We finally get it together, <laughs> and the next day he releases... <laughs> news about a new album i just can't uh, i honestly think they might have i think they've bugged the studio it's they they he heard us talk about it and he said uh okay <laughs> we've got to stop the album now <laughs> just to cause as much confusion and heartache as possible <laughs> the, the well, purple waters were bubbling so. <laughs> there is someone on i think all of our contact lists who it's possible that person could have relayed some information <laughs> ah yeah 
So that particular person could see us all online and go, oh, look at that. I know what that means. Oh, I'll that's just right. I'll on I a did... message. Yeah. <laughs> Prince is like, I want, you to, I want you to tell me, I want you to send me the message. Deliver the message when, when they're all online. Yeah. The Prince gets call at like 2 a.m. in the morning. Prince, they're all online. <laughs> Anna, get on the phone. BBC. <laughs> <laughs> so all we know about this new album is... It might be coming out. It has a name. It's called Hit and Run. Is that the name of the album or the... Uh, as far as I know. Promotional, the promotional activity for the album. I think that's the name of the album. From what I think I've, it's the name of the album. But from I think, what I understand. Yeah, and I think it's also... It's, uh, you know, what the Hit and Run show is, it's something that just comes out of nowhere. So the album's the same concept, is my guess. It's just an album that comes out of nowhere. Well, that, that's the funny thing. We're here to talk about a new album, which has just been announced... And then it just, the first thing I thought was, what, Plectrum Electrum announced like a year before it came out, year and a half. So we'll see. Well, that's the danger. That's, that's always the danger. Yeah. We've so, been, we've been, we've heard about albums before that. That never came never out. Never saw the light of that. <laughs> it would be exclusive on title or something. Possibly, yeah. You know, forcing people to sort of sign up just, just to get the album maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. But it's it's supposed it's, to, it's it, supposed to be super experimental, but also be full of hits, <laughs> hit after hit after hit, and super funky. And for all the the fans who we call the Purple Army and Purple Collective, it's it's for them. So none of that contradicts each other at all. <laughs> none of those comments in that, in that comment whatsoever. That's, I reckon that's worse than saying it's. The best album since one of the times. <laughs> it's, it's worse hits, than that. And it's super, super funky, and it's yeah. super experimental, and, and it's full of hits. The super experimental bit kills me, because it's like, could you have chosen two more polar opposite extremes, you know, experimentalism on the one side and pure popular music on the other? <laughs> it, it ain't going to work like that. So, hmm. I wonder, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that... Um, Whoever was was putting a promo together for this really knew what they were talking about, or at least they didn't know how to how to pitch the music on on the record. I think, yeah, it's going to be an interesting listen as it always is. But maybe they're just trying to say expect something different. To to quote a, a much revered Toe Jam phrase now, give me something new, give me something different. Okay, yeah. Well, all we yeah. know so far is that there is. A Thousand Hugs and Kisses on there. There is Hard Rock Lover and what some sort of industrial remake of This Could Be Us. So make of that what you will. I don't know. <laughs> Can I just say something about that? He must he must not have listened to our Artificial Age review with the funk and roll thing. <laughs> <laughs> is this the sign that Prince is listening to the Peach and Black podcast? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a sign that he is listening and he's purposely doing the opposite of what we say, which we've always oh, known is right. true. Correct. We've always so known he's that. just It's like any other day, basically. <laughs> but can you think of any Peach. other song other than maybe The Most Beautiful Girl in the World where a song's come out on one album and is carried over to the next project? That is strange. As a remix. It is very strange. Like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna remix that song, if this could be us, then yeah, remix it and release it either as a single or as a one-off internet thing. But to actually put it as an album track on another album, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, he, the he only was, one I can think of is "You're Gonna See Me." I was gonna say exactly the same thing. Yeah, 
which is on two mm. albums. But that, that was a good eight years between them or something. Mm. The only reason I'd say that that was acceptable is if it's that radically different, it's mm. almost unrecognisable, then fine. Because yeah. you, could, you could always say, well, you can say Get Off was on the, the Funky Weapon remix of New Power Generation, but then it came out later. Similar, but also very, very different. There's a better example, like, the, the Dance. The Dance. Uh, which was yes. on... The, was a chocolate mm. invasion, a slaughterhouse, one of those? Yeah. But in a totally yeah. redone version of 3121. So if it's like that, that, that's a big difference. But it's still clearly the same song. And both of those examples, You're Gonna See Me and The Dance, in both of those examples, the first version came out on a either an internet-only release or a, a, let's call it an obscure release, and then was officially released on, on a more, I guess... Traditional. Yeah. Exactly, on a, on a proper CD or, um, I can't believe I just said CD in 2015, that's going to sound dated. So it was. <laughs> hey, Grandpa, you and your CDs. Yeah, like I didn't say tape cassette, we would have lost <laughs> half the audience. Yeah, so th- that was a little bit different, but I agree with you guys about everything you've said in that it's odd, but we haven't heard it yet, so it could be radically different. It could be radically experimental and radically popular at the same time. You never know. And, 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 and funky, super funky. Yeah. So who knows? Or lo- loose and get loose, or dark and so dark, or whatever. There you go. Oh, yeah. And other yeah. examples. But I mean, a Crystal Ball was kind of like a mishmash, bootleg remix sort of album, anyway. But it's just odd that they would pick that particular track and put it on this one. It, it is very odd. They must they must think a lot of it. But yeah, exactly. Without having heard it, it's it's really difficult to comment on. But I don't know how you improve on the original. I, I think it needs much improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said no, in the review? I can't remember. No, I remember saying, well, I, I, my views haven't changed. It's a K song, but it's, I think it's probably one of the weaker ones on the album. But it's not a bad song. It's a little bit candy floss. Very emancipation. It's like it could just slot onto emancipation without even thinking about it. Yeah. I thought, I thought MC, I just then you were hinting at, at, at black cotton candy, which could be on this album also. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So That's another be, track that's out. Is it? The, the title's out there. It was on some list of something. Who knows? Oh, is that right? Okay. Oh, yeah, there was a Twitter post. The picture with the, the cherry moon and the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Carnival. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Black cotton they, candy. Black cotton candy. Yeah. I don't think that was a song title. That was just a speculation. Song. That, was, that is... Oh, what else have we got except speculation at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Speculation well, podcast. <laughs> Thousand Hugs and Kisses was recorded in the early 90s and in Sydney too. Um, and I think there's a version with Rosie Gaines and a version with Nona Gay. And I don't, I'm pretty sure neither of those were actually released. Oh. So it's a song that's been sitting around. It sounds like to me like Josh has got like keys to the vault. Maybe Prince hit them, go through it, find something, like find some stuff to remix maybe. And the fact that it has like like a female vocal on it, I, I get the feeling that maybe Hannah's going to be doing those parts in the song. Uh, I I don't know. Oh, I, no. The impression I got from that uh, interview is that Hannah and the Third Eye Girl aren't really involved in it. It's it's more just a Josh and Prince album. Well, it wasn't didn't one of them, and it might have been Hannah. Didn't she say, or didn't didn't someone say we didn't even know this album was around, or, or that we didn't know it was completed until they told us about it last minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they supposedly didn't even know they were working on it. That's rubbish. That is. Yeah, that's rubbish. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> yeah. that. What could they be doing there all day? No, but just what think. They, they could record two songs every day. 
they don't know what's going to end up on an album or what's not. Oh, in that sort of context, yes. But what I'm saying is... is They knew an album what was like, coming. Like, Hannah's husband is working on an album with Prince and she has no idea about it. They're like the marriage for God's sake. Mm. <laughs> well, for their sake. What? <laughs> so, the, the other thing is... Like, and, you know, as if she had no idea. Yeah, sure, they record all the time and, you know, maybe they weren't aware that those tracks were collectively being gathered for an album. Yeah, I can understand that. But if you were totally oblivious, you know, to an album being made, like, you know, so, I don't know. So the other thing is we have no idea when this will come out. It was hinted as soon as we can just, we can get it sorted. It's like, don't you announce it after that stuff is sorted out? Yeah, the whole thing is very, very odd and cryptic, as, as Actually, no, expected. He, he seems to do that quite a bit. He announces that there's an album coming out, and then he promos all this, oh, I'm trying to find a way to distribute And I wonder if it's part of how to get people interested. Uh, when I say people, I mean like a distributor. Interested. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like fishing for a, a, yeah. a label so, or well, something. Well, people know about it already. Yeah, so people know about it already, so that now the distributors are more interested. I don't mm. know. That See, he idea. did this, yeah. He's done this a few times. And it seems yeah. to work. <laughs> Hit and run is a... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for a word here and I'm struggling. Uh, it would sound... I think some of us were joking earlier that the album might be released on Tidal, which may not be some, such a big joke because it could happen. That's but, pretty likely. Um, but speaking of Tidal, to me, Hit and Run sounds more like a Jay-Z album than a Prince album, if anything. Well, you know what I thought as soon as I heard it? I'm like... Uh, okay, it's Prince uh, using the, the Hit and Run title, mm. which is almost 30 years old. He was doing Hit and Run, calling them Hit and Run shows in 1986. Yeah. So it's not like it's a new thing. It's a very old like idea in his head, title-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what it's going to sound like, but I also wonder how the title of the album ties into the music and the concept, etc. Because It's Hit and Run. It, it'll only be available for a week, and that's it. I think... <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> I think be like what it that was be. the Judas Hill album was like that. The Judas Hill mm. album was out for a, a few days and it was gone. Gone. Well, gone in the sense that it's still there, but... You know. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's gone. You cannot get it. Is that right? It was yeah. there for, like, oh, yeah, less than a week. Oh, really? So if you... Did... A week, and they just pulled, gone. There was some legal issues or something. Yeah. Some yeah, with that one, thing, yeah. And Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, hit and run. Strange title, unless it disappears. The other information was it was premiered at the White House, is that right? Yes, yeah. yes. Which oh, well, is well, well, because, well, the White House, because, that place is rife with the experimentation right there. So, <laughs> you know. Which is kind of odd because apparently, like, you know, there was a performance there and it was all kept hush-hush, but, like, you know, they're playing on the whole L there. Hmm. You know, it's, it's surprising that that was, like, over a month and a half ago and, like, there was no word between then and now that... You know, there's an inkling of any album. Yeah. Maybe the joke is that you can get the album, but first you have to break into the Pentagon to get it. That'll be, <laughs> be Prince's new new um, destination for the vault. Yeah. Obama's, Obama's got Prince's discography under lock and key. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think with the title, I think the concept is basically... I imagine it's going to be like the Chocolate Invasion. It's going to be a collection of songs that aren't really, like it's not like Artificial Age or Plectrum Electrum where there's sort of a theme or a sound. It's just going to be, you know, hey, here's a here's a collection of songs that I've been doing over the last few years that I'll put out just for the sake of putting an album out, which is basically what the Chocolate Invasion was. So that that's my guess on what it's going to be. 
I think it's a very good guess because the reference to Prince's hardcore fans and the Purple Army, you know, they're obviously specifically targeting you know, his hardcore fan base. So yeah, it, it's obviously not going to be an album that he goes and does TV spots. Exactly. For, but, that's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I like Hard Rock Lover. I like Artificial Age. If that's the sort of direction he's going in, then I'm more than happy with that. Well, they're the things that are, they're the positive things. And I think, well, then I'm not a huge fan of the X's face. I hated Funk and Roll remix, so if it's that direction, I'm not going to be too happy. I guess for me, the one thing that piques my interest is the is the Joshua Welton thing because he's Who? proven Who? that the what <laughs> the Joshua Welton influence. Ah. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. There's some good stuff there, like Hard Rock Lover and Artificial Age. Yeah, and then some not so good stuff. Yeah, well, I don't say not good, but Exodus Face is is pretty weak in uh, my opinion. Compar- comparatively, I think. Yeah, but that's a one-off. Yeah, and it doesn't stack up as as good as Hydro Glover does. But then again, you could be right. It could be just random songs put together on an internet-only release for a week and then off, you know, taken offline again. So, is this going to be Prince's next official album? Doesn't sound like it. Is it going to be something to keep an eye an eye um, out for and your ears open for? Well, without a doubt. So that's what we think about the new album. On the very, very little we know about it. Now, the thing we recorded mere hours before the, this album announcement was made, we reviewed the songs, and that's what we're going to hear right now. Now we return to your regular programming. And we're talking about some new songs and snippets, teasers of some new music that Prince has been putting out to um, the internet uh, it does exist, and Prince is on there for the time being, so uh, we might as well talk about it while we can, uh, and a few other bits and pieces. So, I don't know, for me personally, probably the biggest release has been Hard Rock Lover. Turn my guitar up so I can make this woman scream. So I can make this woman is, is everyone kind of with me on that, or? Yeah. Let's go there. Let's go there. Okay. So Hard Rock Lover released as a single, I think we can officially call it a single release considering the fact that it came out on iTunes as well. Uh, So it's not just a SoundCloud upload or a a snippet online. It was the full song. It'll cost you $1.69. Yeah, well worth it, I think. $1.69 in Australia, obviously. I think it's, what is it, 99 cents in the US? Something like that? Sounds right. I think so. Something like that. So, yeah, look, this is an awesome track. I mean, came out of the blue. No one expected it. Really interesting sound. I'll save my thoughts for now, but I'm a really big fan of the track overall, it, it really, um, it's damn good. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, is anyone feeling this one? Yeah, I like it. I'll, <laughs> take my, I'll go for my review then. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I, I agree. A lot of people like this song, actually. I haven't heard that many people on the forums and things not liking it. A lot of people saying, oh, it's a return. It's simple. Uh, it's raw, which I agree with totally. The whole thing's basically two chords just going back and forth. It reminds me of When I Lay My Hands On You, 2001 track, just in the in the vibe of it. Oh, yeah. It's got this real deep, subby bass sort of wob- wobbling along the whole way. That's really cool. The drum loop reminds me of Way Back Home, this sort of wet loop going on. And obviously, you've got this big contrast between the soft verses and the big, loud choruses thing he does a lot. And on the very first 
chorus, I guess you call it, when he says, you know, make the woman scream. And it, it, I don't know, I haven't checked it out, but it seems like it's just half half a millisecond late. And I reckon that's deliberate. It just kind of anticipates it and then it's bang straight on it. And uh, I really like one really thing that's sort of hidden in the background. When that big hit comes, you know, bang. But you listen, you hear like these little tinkling bongos in the background. That's a really cool effect. Uh, it almost sort of makes it like this real tribal, you know, ritual possession kind of thing. Really cool. I've just written raw. It's just, it's not overproduced. I'm seeing some people saying, oh, it's overproduced. I'm like, this isn't overproduced. It's like, you know, there's a drum beat, there's guitar, there's bass, there's some synths, and that's and his vocals. And that's pretty much it. Like, I, I think it's not overproduced at all. Prince had, the, could release like just a vocal track and they'd say it was too overproduced. Yeah. It's like, I'll listen to all those yeah. effects. Oh, it's, oh. Yeah, I think He's ruined it. I, He's ruined it. <laughs> people hear the, the reverb and they hear the... Uh, they hear the heaps of guitar effects and they go, oh, overproduced. But I don't think it is. I think it's good. Uh, bass is cool. Real bass slappy. There's some real cool bass fills as well going into verses and choruses. And I like the bit at the end where it's, you know, this party hard. I reckon that's cool. It gets, it gets stuck in my ear. I have that stuck in my head all day. Just party hard. She's a hard rock lover. Just over and over and over. So I think it's a great track. Very impressed with it. It fits well with the artificial age sort of sound, I think. I can put this at the end of that album and it's like a nice little B-side. So there's my review. All right. Uh, player, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I have to agree. The production is nice. It's it's a bit edgy for, you know, Prince's sort of latest production styles. It's it's more edgy, I think. Um, the keys, guitar and bass really stand out to me. They have just the right tone. But the guitar solo at the end is just too short and abrupt. Like, it just cuts off. I think, like, it sounds to me like an edit. Like, it sounds like the song goes a bit longer, but it's sort of cut short. The only other thing that I have here is the... Um, the scream part where he says scream, like it seems like he's kind of holding back a bit. Like he's not like going for like endorphin machine type scream. He's just, I don't know. He's just, just not, I don't think he's given any he's all in that part of it. I think he can um, scream a bit more <laughs> in that kind of regard. Player wants <laughs> Prince to scream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get the sense it has the fury effect as well in the sense that I think if he ever performs this live, he can kick it up 10 notches. But out of all these free releases, it's definitely the one that's most interesting and has the most potential, I think, live. And uh, I think this is one of the worthy ones. Yeah, it's good. All right. And with that, let's go to Captain. What are your thoughts, Captain? We have a full length track. It's three minutes and 50, 51 seconds or so. And you can probably guess I don't care that much for the verses. They're just a bit boring for me, but even they build up as the track goes on. But the chorus, the chorus is where it's at because he's, he's got to make the woman scream. It's got these funky bass notes just chucked all over this song, the guitar screaming and the woman. But the weird thing is you don't hear the title of this track. He doesn't say Hard Rock Luffer till 2 minutes 40 into the song. The synth annoys me a bit in the verses. They don't sound Prince-like to me. They sound like someone else is doing that. That sounds like somebody else's song. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I do like the last about 20 seconds. That goes off. The last 20 seconds is great. But overall, I've, I still haven't 100% decided on this track. It's better than average, but I haven't listened to any Prince for a long time. So this is a, a pretty good track to come back and listen to. Yeah, I'm I'm with all of you, actually. I, I think this is a, a pretty awesome track. Like I said earlier, out of the blue. And I think years ago, this could have had some really big impact on, dare I say it, radio. I know radio is a dead medium now. Uh, at least it seems to be. But this screams like radio pop hit, radio pop single to me. Of 1994. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes. Possibly. But no, I mean, truly, I think this is one of the most striking pop singles that he's released in a very, very long time. I can't think of too many in recent history. Uh, in fact, I really can't think of any. The best thing I can say about this song is it's a Prince song. It's around that level that we expect from a decent Prince song. Yeah, it's got those elements, the last it? couple of years have been maybe slightly under that level that we expect. But this this is up there where it, where it should be. Yeah, it's got all those classic Prince elements, which <laughs> just as I said that, it reminded me of one of our show intros, actually. <laughs> but anyway, back to the song. Like I said, it's really striking and he sounds fresh. He sounds invigorated. He sounds like he's into what he's doing and he delivers it with some oomph. There's some really good feeling behind it. But at the same time, while it maintains the classic Prince sound, it's updated. Similarly, I don't know who mentioned Artificial Age earlier, but I kind of get the sense that this is an artificial, a transition. If it's not an artificial age leftover, then it's a transition from artificial age into a further evolution of Prince's sound, which yeah, is really I, exciting to, to listen to. Yeah, it to. feels like the natural progression from artificial age. Yeah. And in fact, I have to mention the Australian artist Hearts in this conversation, because when I first heard this song, there were countless moments where I thought to myself, wow, this sounds like a, a Hearts single. There's so many elements there. If you listen to a song called Red and Blue of Hearts's uh, debut album, you'll see maybe not some comparisons, but some similarities in maybe production style and sound. Hearts is, is an Aussie artist, Australian artist who's been hugely influenced by Prince and we know the Prince is a fan and all the rest of it. But I think if it was my guess, I'd say that Hearts has had some sort of impact on Prince. And I think Prince has heard Hearts and and the singles that Hearts has been releasing recently. And without a doubt, in my mind anyway, it's had an impact on Prince's music, which is an interesting little effect that Hearts has had on Prince. You know, it's almost like the student giving something back to the teacher, the teacher taking it and making something really interesting out of it. So um, when I left you, I was but the student, but now <laughs> I am the master. <laughs> something like that. Only a master of evil, Hearts. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, th- I think this is really cool. And I won't say the word striking again because you'll probably kick me off the show. Three strikes and you're out. So Player said he thinks Prince might have been holding back on the screams. Do we think that's because he was just holding back or do we think maybe that's all he's got now? No, no, no. no. I don't think he's holding back. I think he's intentionally sung it the way he, he, he he's sung it. Okay, then. I, I don't know. That's what I feel, I feel like. I feel like if... Well, that's, he... that's the question. I mean, does he have the balls in his in his screams... Like he's got, he's got the, the edge balls, to it. The balls in his screams. <laughs> has no, he got like the balls in his screams these days? He's got the trebly edge to it, but has he got the balls underneath it in his screams? <laughs> God, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think his screams have been as good as they have been in the last few years. Like he's still got a, an amazing scream. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I don't think he can replicate some of the stuff he did in the 80s and 90s. That's yeah. only to be expected. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. Of course that's to be expected. All singers will lose some something as they get older. Mm. Of their range, yeah. But some fans, you know, they take that as like, a, it's a huge insult to say something like that. But it's just a fact. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It's it's a fact of life. Like, you, you try to mention to any of these 
aged 50 plus John Farnham fans that he's lost any of his range and they will go mental. Yeah, but of course you know, he has. Like, it's the biggest insult you could ever say. Mm. But it's just a fact and the proof is there. Yeah. But, you know, people just want to live in some fantasy land where, you know, he's going to be perfect forever. It's not always going to be like 1983. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> That's a good point. And that may be a factor in, in what we're talking about uh, with regards to Prince. But like I said, I don't get the sense that Prince is holding back the scream because he can't scream anymore. I just feel like he's intentionally sung it that way. I think if he if he really went for it and belted a, out a scream, a longer scream, a more intense scream, it might sound a bit odd. Like think about the song. The song is really... It ebbs and it flows and it's got a really Spartan production quality. And if he just went for this long, massive, intense scream, it might really sound out of place, like he's overdoing it. Whereas everything else in the song is minimalist, pretty much. Yeah. The guitar is what he's screaming through. Exactly. But even the guitar isn't a full-blown, yeah. distorted, crazy guitar solo. It's kind of it's, it's very it's, controlled. Yeah, it's not like the I hate you. Yeah guitar yeah exactly you, you could feel it in the i hate you guitar solo mm. like it was an extension of the emotion like just like you think he's holding back on the vocals he's he's holding back on the guitar as well because i was listening to that guitar solo i was just waiting for it to like really go somewhere and it went somewhere but not as hard as it could have yeah but see i think that's the i won't use the word genius but i, th- I think that's the the in, the thing that keeps us interested like however many years since this guy's first first piece of music his first album you know it's 2015 and where many artists would just go for broke especially on a guitar track he contains it so i don't know what that says but you know we all know he could shred we all know he could step on the fuzz pedal and and make some crazy sounds but the fact that he's restraining himself and he's i i kind of feel like it it gives the song a quality of this all this angst just underneath the surface and it's almost like he's he's getting ready to burst to spill over but he's keeping it like he's hot, he's just barely holding it in and i think the scream the guitar solo and the, the rest of the music on the on the song probably speak to that but i don't know it's a good song <laughs> okay just on the um on the lyrics very quickly so i mean my impression of the song is that this is a dream he's having. Is that what you guys get? Because he talks at the beginning about the REM rapid yeah, right. movement, mm. and so to me, it's like he's you know waking up and he's but he's still having this dream about this woman and he wants to make this woman scream before he wakes up, kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know. That's the impression I get. Yeah, interesting. I'm not sure, but he does mention it, you know REM at the beginning, so he's not talking about Michael Stipe. <laughs> yeah. What is he? You know, people when it first came out, there were all these oh he's dissing rappers and everything. It's like I don't think that's the case. He's just saying like. You know that he that this woman likes hard rock. <laughs> mm. I think yeah, I think you're right. It's like uh, well, there's some s- silly article like oh, Prince is dissing rappers like he did on Dead on it. It's like no, it's not. <laughs> but do we think hard rock lover? Do we think rock is a substitution word for another word that rhymes with rock? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I wouldn't yeah. surprise. Yeah, uh, just wow. a guess, just a wild I, guess. The thought never. Well, that's a pretty wild guess, Captain. What's the, the difference thought- between that and what the duck? I mean, come on. <laughs> or shoot the duck, for that matter. But, yeah, interesting. I never thought of it. Yeah, listen never to the song that way. It's, it's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> more interesting. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll pay that one. It's 1983 all over again. I will just, yeah, extra lovable 
early version. Yeah. I will make the comment that prior to us getting online and, and doing this this show, this episode, I typed in hard rock lover, hard rock lover. <laughs> no spelling for, for, mistake. For, 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 <laughs> just for the record, let it be known, into my uh, YouTube uh, search bar. And Mother's Finest came up. And uh, the song Hard Rock Lover by Mother's Finest started playing. Yes, and there's another song where Gosh. he references them recently. Yeah, yeah it that's right. might be right. on Artificial Age. Another Mother Further. Yes, and that's in Plectrum Electrum somewhere. That's yeah. right. And Another Mother Further is a late 70s album by uh, Mother's Finest. Now, I've never... And there was a song he covered a few years ago. I think Baby it was on Love. the... Um... Baby Love. What's that? Yes, and there was another one. Another one? And it was, yeah, on the 2007 tour. He did Baby Love, and there was another one. And I was such a good song that I actually went. That's how I first found out about. Oh, I forgot their name now. Mother's Finest. That's, that's how I. That's how I got into Mother's Finest from that song. I can't remember what it is now. It was like a ballad. Anyway. Yeah, they're a great band. They're so pre-Prince Prince, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And I've only really been listening to them since uh, Hard Rock Lover by Prince came out. The seventies albums are awesome. The eighties ones are pretty rubbish. Yeah, anyway. well, that's probably the same for most funk. <laughs> funk bands of the era but yeah so it, it's a great album I'm talking about Mother's Finest Another Mother Further uh, where Hard Rock Hard Rock Lover is from I think it's the closing track on that album the reason I'm mentioning it other than the fact that it's a great song and they're a great band and you should definitely check them out if you've never heard of them and, and what a great name as well Mother's Finest <laughs> it's, like, it's very player uh, <laughs> actually I, I wasn't thinking of you but <laughs> It's you know it's a pretty gangster title, uh, but <laughs> so <laughs> the reason I'm mentioning it is because I listened to it and I thought this is interesting. There's a Prince connection here. I wonder if there's a similarity between the two songs. And although musically there isn't, there is a similarity. And you know it begs the question, as these things often do with Prince's influences, was he thinking of the Mother's Finest song "Hard Rock Lover" when he came up with his own? song with exactly the same title i don't know but i'm just putting it out there as a curiosity um, he loves he loves referencing you know the 60s and 70s he always has mm. and especially in the last probably 10 years or so he's been doing it way more often yeah definitely so that's interesting but other than that there's not too many similar you know there aren't too many similarities between the two songs they're quite different ah sorry Love Changes. That's the name of the song I was thinking of. That's an oh, awesome song. That is, and a great guitar solo. That is one of the best songs of the 70s, I reckon. Hmm. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and even though we're not even doing an album review, we've still talked way too long about the first track. <laughs> <laughs> in typical in typical fashion. So, okay, that's Hard Rock Lover. I think we've uh, spoken enough about that. Another song, What If. What if you're what if is the song and uh captain are you aware of this one i had no idea this was even a cover until earlier today (laughs) so having said that i'll review it it's five minutes long starts with this nice guitar intro which i was thinking this doesn't sound like prince at all this is good because it's not prince at all but anyway this song i think this song has a strong chorus something i think has been eluding prince for a while and i thought oh finally he's written a song with it with a good chorus and then again i found out it's a a cover uh the chorus you got prince and hannah sing together in the chorus i like it's got this first descending and then ascending bass lines that's a cool little thing in the chorus 
Second verse, you got Hannah singing. Now, I'm sure this song has some deeper meaning, which someone might explain, but I do not know. It's got a nice happy bridge, which is nice. 3.42, guitar solo time, which is, yeah, it's okay. Nothing amazing. But then you go back into the chorus. Guitar gets a bit crazier in the background and the outro. But it's a decent track. Not sure why. Was it explained why this song was covered or it just was? I don't know. But again, I, I thought it was a Prince song. Yeah, I only found out it was a cover, so it's it's sort of changed my opinion a bit, but uh, it sounds alright. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this one. It's it's not memorable, but um, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's alright. It's it didn't really move me. I found the the lyrics a, a bit. Yeah. Oh, I don't even. I don't even think it's worth going into actually. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just open up a whole can of worms. But yeah. I'm going there. Yeah, yeah, I'll let Toe Jam go there as usual. I'll put it as diplomatically as possible. There's a lot of people in the world (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of different cultures and backgrounds and beliefs and all the rest of it. And it's all good. Diversity is great. I think sometimes when artists, in particular songwriters, have a vision or or they envision a message that they're trying to communicate, it can go one of two ways, especially when it's about some sort of either philosophical or spiritual or religious uh, type of type of message that you know they're trying to get across and i think in very rare instances artists succeed there are some examples a la uh, i don't know the first one that comes to mind is uh, what's going on by marvin gay there are probably others but i won't go into them this particular song i think really tries for something and it might have its heart in the right place, but it leaves me, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> it leaves me a bit cold yeah. and I've got nothing against the song, but I just feel a bit distant from it. I get a very similar feeling with this song, i.e. what if that I do to, let's say some of the songs on rainbow children and I'll probably leave it there. So player, uh, what are your thoughts? I like the music as an instrumental, but when I listen to the song, I think to myself, is this the same guy who wrote Purple Rain or Love Sexy? I, I just, I just, yeah. I, well, it's not the same guy because he's evolved. <laughs> yeah, but evolve, evolving is going forward. This is like really backward for him. He's devolved. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm all for change and everything. That's great. Like, you know, but I don't think he's really sort of evolving in the in, in like a forward direction. It's, it's kind of like a backward direction for him. Mm. That's the way I see it. I don't really like to be told if I'm right or wrong when I'm listening to a song. And if his <laughs> band members, and you can read into this however you wish, mm. want to do a track like this on their own as a solo endeavor, that's great. But in my opinion, Prince is veering way off his musical persona and legacy with this one. And I hope this doesn't end up on a future official release because I think it will be a disservice to his like overall legacy of what he sort of stands for. Mm. Interesting. Oh, that's a fair point, as they all are. Uh, Toe Jam. I, I, could, I can sense he's raring just, to go. Well, just, just play her anything else to say? Or? No, I'm done with this, man. I've got nothing on this, man. <laughs> I just okay, I'll, I'll start with the positives. Sense. I'll start with the positives. I think it sounds awesome. Like, the sound of the guitars, it's so yeah, cool. it's great, yeah. Um, it was released as a super, super audio file of some sort. Um, so it sounds amazing. Very passionate playing, clearly, from everyone. Like, the drums are banging, the guitars are banging. Awesome solos, build-ups and everything. The intro reminds me of I'm Yours. It reminds me of... Except that's way better. Maybe. But yeah, I think I'm with MC and 
player and obviously captain didn't listen listen to the lyrics but I, I find these lyrics actually quite arrogant i find them if if you don't believe this you're you're basically a simple-minded person and i just find that when i hear that i'm just like that's just nonsense you know just close your eyes uh if you know if you only if you just get rid of all these material possessions you'll see that d- d- jesus is the one and it's like come on so yeah i mean that simple-minded lyric that i hear that i just think you know, it's arrogance. That's all I can think. Well, well, hearing those lyrics, there's no surprise. <laughs> there's no surprise that Prince likes this song, is there? Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's not that. That's not the intention. I, I know that they genuinely believe this, and they feel well, that you know people need to hear this message. Way, yeah. 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 I think. I think if I could interject for a second, something that you said kind of resonated with me. You're right. I mean, anyone. As an artist, you can talk about anything you want, right? But the thing is, the lyrics that talk about closing your eyes and just believing, yeah. um, I think sometimes... If that's the, you know, if are we just going to believe things on what ifs? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, that was your, your, your methodology, is just take a leap of faith and hope things turn out the way you think they, <laughs> they will... That's a fairly dangerous way to live, I would say. But again, particularly if that then involves then seeing anyone else who doesn't do that as simple-minded. Correct. And so, w- w- when you say you know, close your eyes and just believe, and and you know, this is how it's going to work out. This is what we believe, and 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 this is true. The the issue that I've got with that, and I wasn't going to go down this path, but now that you've opened it up, I will. It is quite arrogant, mainly because it presumes that the person who's delivering the message, i.e. the people that are on this track, discount completely the opinions, views, beliefs, or, you know, wants, needs, or whatever of... Everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. Anyone and everyone else that may feel differently to them. So that's an issue. But again, it depends on how deep you want to go into the song. I just don't listen to it, so... Therefore, it doesn't cause me. It doesn't cause me yeah. too much. Too much. Well, we don't uh, need to get too carried away since it is just a cover song. It is it's not cover. like you wrote yeah. it. Correct. I was. I was going to say like we we're talking about Purple Rain and Love Sex and stuff. I mean, I think in Prince's mind, Purple Rain and What If mean the same thing in his mind. But the difference is that you can listen to Purple Rain and interpret it any way you want. Um, whereas right. this is this is not with too this. specific. Yeah, yeah, it's too specific. So yeah, I, I guess I could go on, but I'll leave it there. I think. I mean, musically, it's awesome. I would love to hear this without the lyrics. That'd be awesome, or, or with different yeah. lyrics. But so just uh, as an as an instrumental, instrumental, I think it's banging. Yeah, but it's lyrics kill it. Anyway, we're all criticizing this a lot, but put it in context. This is a one off track that he's put out there. This was put out for a few tour dates, I think. Yeah, that's right. We're all criticizing it, but at the end of the day, it's yeah, a one off right. track. But my issue is, is like. All these other artists release like hundreds of songs, thousands of songs a year, every year, like, you know, since time began or whatever. And he chose to pick this one to release. And like, it's okay, it's a free release, you know, you don't have to buy it. But why is he putting it out? What's the message he's trying to convey? Obviously, he's trying to say something or else you just vault it, not put it out. Maybe it's because if it's a relatively unknown song in the grand scheme of things, he doesn't have to pay royalties. I don't know. Taking a guess. <laughs> Here's, uh, I'm going to go a bit further now. Here's what's really kind of sick about it. Tojo's going into it. All right. So, so let, let's say, what if? What if it's true? Okay. So let's say it's true that you know there's this Jesus guy out there and he's going to come and save only the people who believe him. That's like kind of sicko. Why not just save everybody? What if that's true? What if that's true that he just saves anybody? He doesn't the need other you thing to believe is, in him. The other thing is, even if it's even if that is true, even if what you're purporting is the case, Tojam, is true, as if you wouldn't, out of the kindness of your heart, you just save anyone anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's the thing. But no, so, no. What they're saying, the what if is 
he won't save you unless you believe and trust that that's true. Yeah. yeah. And I know we're going on a massive tangent here. I mean, this <laughs> this could turn into the the um, Peach and Black Altar <laughs> podcast or something like that, you know, but it won't. Believe me, if anyone's listening to this, if that's anyone it. is still we're listening done. <laughs> Yeah, I should say, when I speak, I'm speaking my views and I'm not representing the Peach and Black panel or the Peach and Black podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's all our own opinions, so. Yeah. But going back to what you said before about this song is so specific, hasn't that been a problem since, like, 2001? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it comes Before then, pretty much every other religious sort of song that he's done, like Purple Rain or The the Cross or you know anything you can think of, it's always been the genius behind those songs is he's written it from his point of view. But so many people can take it in different ways. But then from the Rainbow Children, it's like this is the one and only. You cannot interpret this in any other way. I am right. And if you're not, if you're not with me, you're against me and just all that crap that came along with it yeah and it's that's it's that's when it all started and it's still it's still there obviously that mindset it comes and goes yeah yeah it could have been there the whole time you know i mean i'm talking i'm going i'm going back to 1978 but it's been camouflaged incredibly well very creatively Mm. i agree i think it's always there he's or he was much less specific Mm. all right well with that uh just so we (laughs) don't don't turn into This is only going to be a three-hour show, don't worry. Let's get back to the music, uh, which is what it should be about. Any other full tracks? Baltimore. Baltimore. Here we go. So I guess you could say it was a good day. At least a little better than the day in Baltimore. Another Goodwill song, Baltimore. So this came out as a single. I believe this was released on... It was a SoundCloud initial. SoundCloud, okay. But I think it's been released since on title, yeah. But there's yeah. two there's two different versions as well. Yes. Because there yeah, are. there's the first version and then there's the second version which has all these extra strings and someone sing some other girl singing. Yeah, so f- for me the song Baltimore is resolution part two. I'm really not a fan. There's nothing redeeming about it outside of the fact that the message is positive and well, it's commendable. I think he's making a really good point. And, you know, anything that brings awareness to a situation one way or, the, or another is good. And I think the song did that. I think the benefit concert that occurred shortly after the, the release of the song Baltimore also did that. And for anyone that heard that show, I listened to that live stream and I thought his performance was really great. The set list was very standard, you know, the songs we all expect, the hits, but the performance was great. I mean, he was was. really feeling a lot of those songs and the band was really strong and I thought he really brought it and it was... uh, Especially on the one and the question of you. Yeah, it was just, you could could sense it, couldn't you? Yeah. Even listening to it online through, you know laptop speakers in Australia. It was really moving. And I thought, I'm digressing now, we'll get there eventually, but I'll just make the quick comment that the nothing compares to you from that live stream. The Benefit Concert live stream was just amazing to listen to. Very heartfelt and, and, and really, really beautiful, actually. Okay. I was actually lucky to be online and I listened to it live and I remember talking to some people you know, live, like chat, internet chat kind of thing. And it's such, it's a really cool experience actually, like, you know, listening to something, a live concert from another side of the world and having like people comment live, like, yeah, some more of that, it'd be good. It would, yeah. Yeah, Prince shows live streaming. That'd be fantastic. But going back to the song, uh, what do you guys think? Tojek. 
Um, when it first came out, I was like <laughs> ho hum. Um, but I, I actually... what's Captain laughing? Because anytime Toe Jam starts a review with that high um, you know, <laughs> you know how it's gonna go. <laughs> um, well, I don't. No, I actually um, I think this is a bit of a sleeper. You know, I, I really like the the second version. The first version that came out is is clearly demo. You know, it's pretty raw. There's not much there. And the new version with all the horns and strings, I really love that middle section with that the guitar solo. They basically take the guitar solo from the original and orchestralize it. And that sounds really cool, that part. And then they add the guitar in, and that's really good. The young girl doing the vocals, Erin Allen Kane, I think her name was, sounds nice and fresh and young. So I'm not going to overdo it. (laughs) That sounded incredibly I sound to vocal sounded fresh, you know, and like not like some old, you know, it doesn't sound like Mavis Staples is what I mean. Like, <laughs> Mavis Staples you know, sounds like, is good. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, she is, but like it's a different sound, you know. Mavis um, Staples is coming after you, by the way, after that. <laughs> like a dog in heat. <laughs> Get your house in order. <laughs> that song where she's like, you ain't done the homework. You ain't going to school. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so like her vocal, she does a good job on the vocal. Nice stuff throughout it. I'm not a big fan of the chant. The chant sounds a little bit sort of cheesy, but I, I like the way the the vocals are simple. They're not too specific in this case. It's basically a positive song, and I like the fact like he could have done a real sad, angry minor song, but he he likes to do these major chord songs for this. Like um, SST was another one, you know, where the tragedies happened. And Prince puts out like a, this nice little major key song. You know, you, you expect him to do something the opposite. So I like the way he does that. So I, I think it's a bit of a sleeper, this one. It's better than a lot of people think. But it's not It's not great. Let's not go too far. Okay. Uh, Captain. This song, I think it's hard. If you really wanted to slam this track, it'd be hard just because of the situation that the song is about. The intention, yeah. So uh, how do I go? Overall, I'll just say it, it really wasn't as strong a track as I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a song with, you know, with more passion, even possibly angst, anger or something to some extent. But I it's... was expecting a colonized mind or something like that. Mm. I have to admit, yeah, it was something along the uh, lines of that or Sign of the Times or something yeah. a little bit more punchy. But yeah, it, it comes across, well, the initial version as well, comes across a very lightweight. But then today I was thinking about this. Now, I haven't said many great things in this history of this podcast, but this is probably not one of them either, <laughs> to be honest. But I'll give it a go. I'll give it a that's go good, anyway. That has to open the show. That has to open the show. I'll give it why, a go why, anyway. Why, why start now? It's been six and a half years. Just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, I haven't said a lot of things that weren't total garbage, but this could be one of the better ones in regards to this song lacking, maybe not passion, but any anger. Maybe that's the point of the whole thing and the whole situation that it was about is not to respond with anger, but yeah. be all peace and love and Ringo Starr. But anyway, that's all i got to say. <laughs> but any sort of protest song or song about events, not that there's a lot of song about events like this, but they usually have, you know, some, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. They've got like some fire in the belly, you know, there's something there. But this just doesn't seem to have it. I think li- lyrically, it's lyrically, it's making some good points. But I think musically, maybe it doesn't uh, stack it's, up. It's just a bit la li la. It sort of yeah. it, it reminds me of Cinnamon Girl a bit too. Mm. Somehow. Yeah. You said it's Resolution Part Two. Mm. I've got written here. It sounds like a Planet Earth outtake. 
<laughs> so that's pretty close. That is very close. And we don't share notes before the show, no. so that's interesting. Yeah, you've got a few chants. The guitar solo drops in. It's a really nice tone on the guitar solo. It sounds really good. I'll give it that. And that guitar solo on the original track, it's almost a, it's a full minute long, which is nice. You don't always get that. Mm. And I'm guessing it Prince. It's Prince. It sounds like him. The bass comes in around 347. There's some nice harmonies. But overall, it just seems to be lacking any emotion, not just anger or passion. It seems not to have anything behind it. It's yeah. it's like a wet dog or something to me. I don't I don't even know what how to say it. It just seems like there's not anything there. Now, I don't want to doubt like play. I don't want to doubt the motivation behind the track because you know we don't know, and I don't want to suggest he was in any way taking advantage of the situation because we don't have a clue. But I was just really expecting a stronger track for an event like that. Yeah, it's inspired by that event. I was expecting a stronger track. And having heard both the original and the track with the added strings and everything, I'm not sure which one I like more. I like both. The strings seem to make it even more lightweight because they're sort of really poppy and just all flying around. And I don't think that's what this song needs. I think it needs to be more serious. They almost seem like comedy-like in parts. And normally I would like that, but not on this track, which is not a comedy song. I admit it's a little odd. It is... It sounds lightweight. I I feel like it's got its heart and its intention in the right place, and it brought a lot of attention to to what happened over there, and also to the event on the day, the benefit concert. But yeah, the song itself, nothing wrong with it. But yeah, may, maybe maybe not as impactful as it could have been for, for whatever that's worth. But the strings are okay. I mean, they they fill out the track. But sometimes space is a good thing as well, mm. and it doesn't always have to be filled. And we know Prince. Oh. Most of his career was a master of space in his music. Hopefully, he hasn't lost that skill. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Just a um, um, final point on that. The horns is uh, the horn heads. Uh-huh. Back. Cool. There you go. And I think they were on the Andy Allo album, but I, th- I think that's the first Prince song they've been on for a while. Anyway, All right. Maybe, maybe I might be wrong. Maybe there's some uh, more horn heads to come. Ooh, that's always good. That's always a good prospect. 2015, 2016 What happened onwards? to that MPG album with the big city and all that stuff? Where's that? Yeah, where is that? Something big is coming in the big city. That's a good question. Something big it? was supposed to be coming. <laughs> Player, what are your thoughts on the song Baltimore? Well, it was announced that Prince was releasing this a week before it actually got released. And when I heard the subject matter of the basis of the song, I instantly thought it'd be kind of like you guys. Like, I was thinking more in the vein of public enemies fight the power. You know, this sort of uprising call to arms against injustices. But this is completely different from that. It's more peaceful, reflective in nature, which is fine. Like, you know, but I think confining the issues that we've seen on the news in the you know, last 12 to 18 months to something specific as Baltimore kind of misses the mark. He could have made it more general to make it resonate nationally and globally, the way D'Angelo or Kendrick Lamar's works have been addressing the same social issues with their latest releases. However, like, I'm with you guys. I think it's a noble gesture to do a song, and obviously it's something that's inspired him to put pen to paper and instrument to tape. So it just seems it borders too much on the happy side for me, just like Captain. And, um... Musically, I've got the same thing in my notes here. It sounds like ref, uh, Reflection or Lion of Judah or those last three songs on Planet Earth album. I do like the strings. They're a nice addition to the first edition that came out. There's some complex sort of little stuff in there with the strings and horns sort of into, intertwining with each other. It's kind of cool. So overall points on the gesture and the song isn't bad, but it's kind of just a bit underwhelming for me. 
Well, one All thing right. one thing we don't know, no matter what anyone says, is this could have easily been an outtake from Planet Earth with the word, you know, and he's just changed the lyrics. Who knows? Well, we'll, we'll probably never know. Mm, I don't know because, like, you know, he's got some very specific stuff in there about Freddie Gray and that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, obviously the lyrics are rewritten, but that the song itself, that just just say it was an instrumental, that could have been, you know, 2007, who knows? And then he's just like, oh, well, I've written these lyrics about this thing. Oh, yeah, that track will do it. Just change that a bit around. There you go. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? I mean, one thing is he didn't have to put this out, and he did, and it, and it brought some awareness. So, like I said, without sounding like a broken record, it mm. certainly... Um, well, not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with him using music from an old track. Who I don't care. Mm. But, you know, obviously the lyrics are written specifically for this. Yeah. But the music might not have been, because it sounds so much like all three of us have said planet earth planet yeah. earth yeah now that can't be just coincidence that we all think that mm. but the other thing is like player said it's such a specific song and that's what we just said in the last track he's going so specific he could have gone more general i don't know if it, i mean obviously he mentions freddie gray but the rest of the song it's not that specific it's more just general there won't be peace if there's no justice and um, but then, then you know, not, we live then to see a better day and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but then don't call the song Baltimore then. And say yeah. Baltimore about 23 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it could have because, been. like like I said, like in the news, like you're seeing this. I think this sort of thing that's happening in America is like stuff that these sort of social issues, they've, they've always experienced this all the time. The difference is now is people have, you know, mobile phones in their pockets they can film this stuff. It's more instantaneous. It's more global. And so people are, like, you know, more aware of it now. And, like, you know, before, you know, if a police officer was doing police brutality, like, you know, you would never see it because they would just cover it up. And, you know, it would never get out and people wouldn't believe you and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I think that is always been there. But it's just now. It's just, you know, you see this girl you know, out the front of her yard in her bikini and this cop's just, like, throwing her to the ground and, you know, mishandling her and, you know, it's just... It's because, like, the cameras are there on people's phones to capture this stuff. So it's always been there. But, like, these sort of instances, it's not just, you know, it's all over across America. All I can say is, yeah, police must really hate camera phones. They must, yeah. <laughs> More but than I mean, anything like, ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the thing, like, to do it specifically to the Freddie Gray instance... Like, you know, there's, I think there was, you know, like with Prince of the Grammys, you know, he was talking about Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's, that's probably a better maybe title mm. for a track, you know, having a, a track called Black Lives Matter and then maybe addressing the subject matter, you know, like his song Race, like on the Come album, you know, it's, it's more like a general thing about that, that subject, you know, mm. which is sort of more a universal thing than just saying specifically about this Baltimore inc incidents, you know. Yeah, I guess for, for us living in Australia as well is, I don't know about you guys, but we are so far removed from what happens in the United States that it's also, although it's easy to comprehend the message and get a feel for what the song's about and what's going on over there, it is also difficult to really kind of, at least for me, get a handle on what actually is going on. You know, there's so much talk, there's so much controversy, there's so it's being reported at, from so many different angles, and it's a pretty tragic. You know, these are these are all tragic events, right? None of them are. There's nothing good about any of this, really. So it's a, it's a difficult subject matter at the best of times. Yeah, it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a song about what happened, but yeah. 
Well, is I, it? I, I don't know. Well, maybe not about what happened, but it's a song about. Yeah, I don't even know. I it's a song know. about getting. I think it's just I think over he's trying that to say, situation. Or yeah, I think he's trying to say just a way to solve. Stop doing it. Be peaceful. Yeah. It's like a rally for peace. Oh. <laughs> I think it brings it brought attention to it, especially for the rally for peace benefit. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> we've probably spoken enough about. Do you about think he was? Do you think he was trying to do like a James Brown kind of thing after the modern? Boston. Yeah. Hmm. Possibly, because he's he's done just about everything else that James Brown has done. Hmm. Down to the clothes, down to the dances, down to the band, running the band, finding the band. Uh, yeah, just think, about everything. The hair. I think, I think we've probably covered Baltimore. I think it's safe to say we've covered Baltimore. Before I forget, I just want to throw in really, really quick a couple of other songs. Now, there's a promo of a, of a potential song called Stare and uh, the full song called The Ex's Face. So um, maybe let's talk about The Ex's Face first. How was she to know just what was taking place? Too busy with the jugular and how it tastes to remember what she saw in the exit face. Player? Uh, it's an interesting listen. The monkey and the banana skit within the song is amusing. That I kind of reference at the start of the show. Um, but I, f- I find that there's a common thread woven into all of his free net releases. And essentially at the core of it, they're just all grooves and jams. None of them have a memorable hook or catchy melody. And you know, maybe that's why they're free releases. Like, in that regard, it's an interesting insight into his work process. You know, like, you know, he might make a song and chuck it out there for free. But, you know, once I hear him a couple of times, I'm done with them. And I've got to say, that's what I feel with this song. If I haven't listened to it in a couple of months, I struggle to recall what the song's about or how it goes, you know, because none of them have, like, like I said, like a hook or a catchy melody to them. And I get that with this song. If you had paid a dollar sixty nine for this track, do you think you would see it less as just some throwaway disposable song? No, no, it would feel exactly the same way. Uh huh. Exactly the same. Yeah. All right, uh, Captain. What do you think about this one? Okay, this song. Two seconds in. Let me take a stab in the dark and say this was produced by Josh Welton. Just a guess. Just a random guess. Uh, but having said that, it's not a bad track. I don't think. I like the melody of the verses. That's pretty good. The chorus, though, is, yeah, it's just throwaway. It's, it's nothing. The chorus is nothing. How I wish for the days when he could he would release a track with a good, catchy chorus. I'm not saying he can't write a good chorus, but if he is writing them, he's not releasing them. They're going in the vault because we haven't heard them for a while. This track is very bass-heavy. I like it when he drops the falsetto and just sings in his normal voice. That's good. Uh, There's some cool percussion sounds going on in the back, but not much other instrumentation that I can hear. Of course, the obligatory princely backing vocals all throughout this that fills it out pretty well. You've got the bit of comedy there with a monkey at 150. So is he saying that his ex... Is a monkey? Is that what this song is about? It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a song about... <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to say with the monkey bit, eh? It's a song about his ex, or his ex's face, and then he's like, yeah, you're a monkey, come and get your banana. So, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's not explained very well. But I think at 2.40, this is perfectly timed. I don't think there's any more to this. If there was any more to this, I don't want to hear it, because it barely keeps it together for 2.40. Um, there's, I mean, there's so little to this track. I don't think it could sustain itself for any longer. It would collapse under its own weight like a... What are those things in space? Black hole or something? <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that song. It's, it's all right. Okay, Toe Jam. 
Uh, yeah, it's I'm not really. It's sort of a nothing groove. I guess I with I'm with player a bit. Uh, it reminds me of like a 2001 MPG sort of thing. It's very industrial, mm. synthy sort of thing. It's funny for what it is. There's humor in it. There's some like it's kind of cool, but it's very throwaway. I don't really have much more to say to it about that. There's a reference that reminds me of Rich Friends. Uh, uh, Who needs enemies when you got friends? Straight out of Rich Friends, uh, some yeah. from a few years ago. Uh, there's some crazy hi-hat going on towards the end. Yeah, and obviously, this was first heard at the Artificial Age release party, which was online. And they go into the studio, and we heard a little bit of this. And I think that was a song that they were working on at the time. And I think it might have been one of those songs that just never really got finished. And then it's like, what is it, May or June when it was released? They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just put that out as it is. And it sort of sounds half-finished. It's like a, It sounds like the song that has a cool little idea, but just never really went anywhere with it. And so they're just like, yep, chuck it out there. It's a cool title, though, The Ex's Face. That's a cool title for a song. As a freebie, I can't complain, but, you know, I doubt I'm going to listen to this much in the future. Is, yeah. is that release party, is that the one with that with the girl? The hilarious yeah. girl? Yeah. So they played as, yeah, the, the Love Larry Graham. Graham. Put yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my gem. <laughs> I don't even know who she is, but that was hilarious. Oh. Let, me, let me say something about The Vault for a second. It reminds me of... You know, everybody wants everybody wants to get in the vault. Everybody wants the tracks out of the vault. And I must have said this before, but having zero knowledge that's accurate at all that we know of, I'd say the vault, you know, just looking at the studio material that's in there, forget all the live stuff, we know there's everything in there. But just the studio stuff, I'd say, consists mostly of just jams, ideas, and I'd say at the most, maybe 25% actually fully completed songs. That's just my guess with zero knowledge, you know. It's a storage yeah. house of ideas. Yes, another quote at the start of the show. And um, yeah, and you know, recorded jams and stuff, but like I I'd, I'd say actually fully completed songs, maybe I'd say a quarter. And all the rest is just ideas and it's like, oh, here's a riff. Oh, yeah, record that. I'll use that later. <laughs> you know, why don't I just record as much as you can? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got well, you've got the ideas coming. Why not? So, for everyone who wants to, you know, open the vault and free all those tracks, just be careful what you wish for, because I think that's a lot less great than we're all led to believe. Yeah, I'd love to see Prince prove me wrong, but that's also unlikely. Uh, we'll all be suckers in like thirty years' time. They'll be releasing all these one-off thirty-second jams, and we'll be suckers <laughs> buying it. Yes, MC, what do you think about the X's face? Well. I don't mind it. It's it's not bad. It's experimental and poppy. No, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> it's, it sounds like a hit. It's a hit. Yeah, it's a it's hit. Super Come funky. On. Give me a break. It's for the Purple Army. <laughs> I've only heard, what, two and a half minutes of it, so hopefully the full version is longer than that and uh, has more to it. I reckon that's it. Uh, you think so? <laughs> to me, the ex's face sounds more like an idea as opposed to a fully formed song, and it reminds me of a lot of different songs over the last few years that have had some good ideas within them, but also I think they've also contained... I'm talking about songs that weren't released on, on albums, you know, odds and ends, you know, bits and pieces that you never put on, on, on an official release. From the last few years, a lot of that music sounded to me underdeveloped, and the, so the Exodus face is probably pretty similar, actually. The production's good as well. I think Josh was, is, is a good influence. And he's bringing a, a heavy electro, modern electronic vibe to a lot of Prince's material. We think that he's behind that. And if he is, I'm all for it. 
But the song itself isn't incredibly memorable, so to me, Ecta's face, I can take it or leave it. Okay. There you go. So that, that brings us to the next track, Stare. We get up. <laughs> so the other song that he put out was Stare. First things first, we like you to stare. We used to go on stage in our underwear, we changed up. No, what, sorry, the sound. Snippet, a snippet yeah, of the song. I think that was... Oh, there was maybe four or, or five, four yeah. maybe four snippets. It was about a minute total. Yeah, so different kind of parts of this parts of a, a song that we believe is completed somewhere deep in the vault, and fans stitched them together to kind of make a one song out of it. Yes, flow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of with you, Tojem. I, I can't even really remember the the song properly. It's quite forgettable it for me. Struggle prior to the to the show, I heard a snippet of it and for some reason I actually thought it sounded to me just like an idea, you know. Didn't do much for me. So, yeah, not a lot to say about it. Is the word X spelt E-X or is it just... I think so. Uh, it's just, no, I think it was just... I can't remember. Just the X. Not that it makes a big difference. Look, I'm not, I'm not suggesting for a second that it's completely forgettable, but he's just done this so much. Yeah, I agree. By this stage in his career. In the last 15 years especially, yeah. Yeah, he does. Like, this is like feel good, feel better, feel wonderful for me. It sounds very, very similar. I don't know what the difference between the two songs is. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse, the fact that Prince puts out so much music. And I think he would admit this much. Uh, in fact, I think in, in some interview or other, he has actually made some sort of comment on this that, you know, recording all the time is, is a blessing and a curse and he's a slave to the to the sounds in his head. And can you imagine being him? I mean, it would be impossible as a musician of his magnitude and of his, the breadth of his catalogue means that surely he's recording music at times and might get a sense. He might, he might get a sense that, oh, I've done this before or, I, I mean, you know, you can only do something a certain number of times before you do it over again. And he's still a master. I mean, I won't overdo it, but I will say this. A new artist coming up, if they came up with a song like this, it'll be funky. We'd be like, oh, who's this new funky artist? Man, they've really got a tight groove. But because we've heard Prince do this a million times to our ears, it's, oh, it's another Prince funk jam. So I think we've become desensitized to it. <laughs> so after you've said that, I say it's probably the best thing I've heard from him in years. What? <laughs> no, you, you, what are you? <laughs> so now that I've said that, he'll probably never release it, but that's fine. Uh, I know why. I know why, because you love We Gets Up on Emancipation. Yes, of course. Ah, yeah, I can track. see the connection. Uh, yeah, okay. and <laughs> it all makes sense now. The yeah. morning after. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. It's funky stuff. The bass is great. The guitar is really cool. Classic Prince vocals, backing vocals. It sounds like it'd be great live as well. We've only got a minute of it, but I really like it. And it's it's a lot better than The Ex's Face. I want to hear this song. So now that I've said that, yeah, we'll, we'll see. He'll probably go, oh, well, I won't release it now. Hmm. You've got a minute. That's enough. All right. Uh, player, what are your thoughts then? I don't think I rated We Gets Up on Emancipation very favorably. And when essentially this sounds like a watered-down acoustic version of that song with some rock tinges, it doesn't really get me excited at all. And when I press stop button on most of these tracks, of these internet tracks, I think to myself, who is this guy and where is the, as Captain said earlier, where's the fire deep in, inside his belly? Yeah. I mean, it's very hard to, re to review this song because it's just snippets and they kind of just 
sound a bit the same of each other. So we haven't really heard the whole song, but from what I get of it, like, you know, it's it's just, <laughs> there's not a lot there. But what right. was there I thought was great. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even notice it was anything to do with We Get Up until you just said it. And I still, I'll have to go and listen to it to hear any connection, but I didn't even think you, of that. No, it's very similar. You could splice those songs together, I reckon, and, and they probably, the groove would probably overlap. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Toe Jam, Stare Snippets, what are your thoughts? Well, well, like everyone said, it's hard to say anything about this song, but I'm kind of with Captain, I think. I think this shows a bit of potential. Their bass Ruby in this potential? is... Yeah, the the bass in this is fun. It's got some great bass, yeah. Yeah. When I hear the bass, I think, oh, this has potential. The other side of me thinks it's that sort of mid-tempo, we gets up, feel better kind of groove. I think we've had, we've heard that before. But um, hearing the snippet, you know, people have stitched them together. And I like the way each time, like, there's another extra vocal. And I think, oh, mm, this has yeah. potential, I reckon. And it's, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say it's good or bad because I don't know. But I, I think it's got potential. And I hope it gets released. Wasn't it, like, insinuating it was going to get released on something called Free Yourself? Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. But it looked like this terrible album cover with Free Yourself on it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, there was this promise of new music this summer. But then when uh, Hard Rock Lover came out, Dr. Mm. Funkenberry was saying, this is the thing that fulfills that promise. I was like, what, one track? I thought we were getting a whole album. <laughs> I'm a greedy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> coming coming back to Hard Rock Lover, and thank you for reintroducing that into the conversation, Tejem. Hard Rock Lover smokes everything we've spoken about for the last hour or so, in my yeah. opinion, by such a long mark. It's and, unbelievable. But, and realistically, that's the only one of these that's actually been for sale. Yeah. So the other ones we can bitch about. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't sell the other ones. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Put, the, put them in context. You know, Prince has always released these sort of one-off tracks yeah. just out of nowhere. So there's nothing to, we, you know, we can complain about them, but in context, it's, it's not that big a deal. What I find interesting is that it's on sale on iTunes, considering all the stuff that's going on with, you know, him taking stuff off Spotify and iTunes and, you know, all that and just being exclusively on title. I think it's interesting that it is out on iTunes. Mm. We really, I'd, I'd love to do a show one day about, and, and I think we should do a show about, n- not the what's next show because... Oh, he doesn't like speculation. We've done that before. (laughs) Since when have we followed the grain? But um, yeah, it would be interesting to just have a think about and and talk about what else can you do? You know, like a a song like Hard Rock Lover comes out, and this is just my opinion, but that's a song that makes a career. In 2015, that makes a career. Prince comes out with that song, and it, it gets some airplay and some decent, it got some decent press. And I think the reaction to it from casual fans and even people that, um, may not know who Prince is. Got some decent love out there. It didn't really have anything to back it up, like an album or a tour or anything like that. So it's lost a lot of momentum, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think but, it needs it needs visuals. It needs yeah. like, some sort of video. If it had a video or if yeah. it had a live performance or if it had something more than just let's upload this to iTunes. This could have been Prince's smash of 2015. But also, don't forget, you, you keep saying it's 2015. You know, the year when people's attention span is about 22 seconds. Mm. So you can talk about momentum all you want. <laughs> people will still forget it by tomorrow. They'll hear it a couple Say of times again? and then What's it's that? gone. <laughs> gone. But on the flip side of that, Prince forgets about it too. He uploads it and then does nothing with it. Yeah. It's disappointing. It's, it's like, you know, artists put out songs and they, you know, they kind of half promote it. They at least put something to it. But 
he'll just upload it and then just disappear, you know? Yeah. He uploads it and he's like, old news. Well, that's the thing. It just sort of like withers and dies. And that's, you know, for something like as good as Hard Rock Lava, it's kind of a bit unfair in that regard. It's incredibly disappointing. And that's why, like I said, I think it would be an interesting discussion to have one day between the four of us, a, a Peach and Black podcast deep dive into the state of everything really at the moment, not just the music industry and prints within it, but just in a, any artist putting out... I maintain this is a big song. This is a big single that can make some noise. And the question is, why isn't it? And I know it's probably a long discussion. I just feel like in any other era, you know, if this was late 80s, early 90s, we'd be having a different conversation. Like of empty room proportions. Yeah, I think so. Well, could you imagine if like someone like the White Stripes released this? Yes, like a, it, it yeah, would, or it could be huge. Yeah, Jack Jack White probably. Yeah, yeah, in particular, it would be massive. It would really be massive. Uh, he does it, and it gets a lot of hype for a bit, and and a lot of support for a little bit, and then it just goes away. And all four of us know that in a few weeks or a couple of months from now, th- this song will disappear. It might show up in the occasional concert, you know. And one of the better songs that he's put out for, I'm talking pop singles. In I, what, I could see a, this on an album. A decade, maybe. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I, I would. I think this is this is his biggest attempt and his most successful attempt at a radio-friendly hit that I can think of. Well, oh, it's a radio-friendly. I'm talking online, online hit. Golden yeah. oldies. <laughs> you know, like I'd say the funk track F F U N K one. That's probably his best one-off single of the last ten years. But then that's not really—it's not really a radio sort of. Song. That's not a pop. That's right. Yeah, that's not a yeah. pop. A pop single, and it's not in the vein of like this song is in the vein of a lot of other music that's going on at the moment uh, and that's being released online. But and what it's I mean, also still got prints all over it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's that you know it's that minimum that that stupid minimalist beat hip hop stuff that's coming out of LA and and California at the moment. That much of which, in my opinion, isn't very good, and only a very small proportion is is exceptionally good. So you're saying this is this track is the perfect example of Prince in 2015. Correct. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. This is as good as it gets, and it's brilliant. It's sad though that it's going to go away without a trace, in my opinion. And it's a. I think it's a crime. I just. I'm very conflicted about this whole thing. <laughs> it's a crime. Such a, such a crime. Um, to quote, you know, Sade. But it. Yes, it is Sade. It is a crime. So the thing is, well, what do you do with a piece of music like that? Like. You know, if, if Toe Jam came out with a song like that, he'd be a superstar overnight. Prince releases it and it's like, oh, yeah, great song. Three weeks later, oh, what else is new? And <laughs> it probably says more three about... Three weeks, three hours. Yeah, it, it probably says more about the state of the world and the state of music than it does about anything else. And that must be frustrating for Prince. That must be really frustrating. I would take a guess and say that when he finished this track, he was in, immensely proud of it. But he probably had no idea what to do with it. He was yeah, I could sitting- imagine him... I can imagine finishing a song like this and going, in 1993, this would have been number one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's true, isn't it? And, and he's sitting in the studio thinking, what do we do with this song? Do we, do we put it on an album? Do we put it on iTunes? Do we put it on Tidal? Do we release it via blogs or forums? Do we send it to Peach and Black? That would be a good idea, but <laughs> we just, they didn't do it. But don't you think he finishes every track and he's like, 
wow, that's a great track. Yeah, I was thinking that as I said it. <laughs> Every song he does, this is a number one. See, maybe like he is working on a project and this particular song doesn't fit with any anything else. So that's why it just gets it, like its own sort of separate release. Yeah, you could be but right. Here's my question. Do you think... He's always sort of been up and down on this, but do you think he's lost his um, perception of you know how a track will work out in the real world? No, I don't think so because I think the music industry is changing so rapidly the way it the way it operates. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say yes, he has lost his perception, just like everyone else. Which is on the back of players' yeah. point. I think no one has any perception of what to do anymore. I, I yeah. truly believe that. No, no, I don't mean what to do. I mean he, you know, when he finished recording this song, he could have thought it's like Kiss. He gave Kiss away. Ah, uh, okay, he had no it. clue how it would work when it got out in the real world. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's hmm. like he might not see this. He might or he might not see this as a track that could. He might has not been, see this as w- what I just said before as the perfect example of Prince in 2015. He might not see that. He just might think, again, like Toe Jam said, oh, this would have been great 20 years ago. He might not see that this could work now. So we're telling him it can, but now it's too late already. By the time, even if he heard this and went, okay, let's make a video, let's sell it, let's do stuff, it's too late. That's what he gets for not sending it to us first. Exactly. <laughs> we would have broke this single globally. We Bang. Unbelievable. Oh, well. Missed your chance again. We, we would have done it. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting dilemma, I think, for any artist, but in particular for someone so prolific, it's like, yeah. But who knows, Captain? I, oh. It's it's an impossible question to answer. What does I don't, he think? I don't think he cares. I, I don't think mm. he. That's the um, other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think every three or four years he gets the urge to do some sort of commercial thing. But I think in the meantime, I don't think he cares. So. Does anyone get the sense that Prince is entering a stage of his career now where he can truly be free in in the sense that I think all artists are virtually in a corner as far as, you know, they've got everything open to them, but at the same time, album sales are so so relatively insignificant. Um, Single sales are relatively insignificant. The industry is changing so rapidly. No one can keep up with it. It's almost a case of everyone just has to focus back on the music and hope for the best. So in that kind of environment, is Prince entering a stage of his career where he literally just goes, you know what? I've been doing this for so long. I've been working as a pioneer within the industry since the early 90s. I've just had enough of this shit. I'm just now <laughs> going to I'm, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life, what time I have left, to just do what I really want to do and do my own thing. Now, I'm not for a second suggesting that he's reached that that stage no, yet. I don't but think I think he has. I think he may end up in that frame of mind. Do you mean you like remember? something really extreme like Cat Stevens? Yeah. yeah. You reckon? Like not, walk not away necess- from it completely? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not necessarily saying Cat, you know, musically uh, comparing him to what Cat Stevens did, but, but maybe just getting fed up with the whole thing and just saying, you know, I'm just going to do this purely for me. I think he's already there. I think he's been there for a few years. Yeah, yeah so possibly, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, every now and then he'll, like, you know, Artificial Age, he did a bit of promotion for that. But, like, it wasn't, you know, I didn't get the impression he was busting himself to really promote that thing. Oh, he, and, and has he ever? Has oh, he ever well, really worked that I, yeah, hard I think, to promote in a long time? He remember, works like, hard to 
be like a presenter at an awards show. <laughs> yes. He'll do the Emmys. He'll do the Grammys. People's he'll Choice. Do, he'll do them all. And that's just walking on. People lose their stuff for 30 seconds and, you know, but like actually make like promoting the song part of it. Forget <laughs> it. It's not interested. Uh, you remember in the 90s and someone was asking him about, you know, did he consider such and such a song a success? And he was saying, you know, in his eyes, like, the song's a success once he's finished recording it. Yeah, that's right. The minute and, it's done, yeah. And so I think, you know, I think he's at the stage now with these songs. It's like, you know, he knows that he's got a fan base that will pretty much just buy whatever he puts out. So even though it's probably minuscule to what he used to sell, it's still like that was still, you know, we get happy when we get 3,000 hits. I mean, you know, Prince puts out a song. He must sell like just 10,000 like like in a second, you know. Mm. And to him, that, that's got to be still a success, like in some sense. Yeah, he's not going to make a number one smash, but I mean, if I put out a song and ten thousand people download it, I'd be like, I'd be chuffed. <laughs> but I think he's still concerned with chart positions. He's still concerned with how people in the world perceive him and his. I don't think. I don't, I don't think that'll ever change, Captain. I think you're always going to be concerned about how he's perceived. But do you really think that chart chart position? I mean, who who even looks at the charts nowadays? Yeah, but not only that, chart is based now on um, no, less than it's sort of it's a component of sales, radio play and streaming now. And he's taken his stuff off streaming. Uh, so you're saying today's chart is is everything. Is that what you no, mean? Like, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's everything. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it interests him because he's removed himself from that aspect of it. Okay. See, you know, like we've we've had this conversation many times about, you know, if you go to look for Prince on YouTube or whatever, you can't find him. Or now if you go to Spotify, you can't find his back catalogue because he's taken that part off. And, you know, and if he's concerned about charts, then he would make a more concerted effort to put his stuff on. And I know why he's taken his stuff off because they don't really – they don't pay the royalties. And if they do pay it, it's minuscule. Yeah. You know, and so there's – you know, So he's still pioneering in that in that sense by, by not yeah. doing what everyone else is doing. He's a pioneer. He's still yeah. leading the charge. Yeah, but I can understand. Like, there's a part of me that understands why, because it's you know, you know, he may as well not be there if he, they're only going to pay him. You know, like um, Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes or whatever. You know, her song "Beautiful" that she wrote for Christian Aguilera. She's you know, it's streamed 30 million times. She got 300 bucks royalties. What a joke! You know, yeah, and like you know, Prince isn't going to get 30 million streams. So if if that is true, like case. You know, he's going to get less than 300 bucks. He may as well not be on there. Hmm. So, you know, I can see the, the point of that. But then there's the other side of the coin where, you know, you have a younger generation not really exposed to his music because their exposure to music is through YouTube and Spotify and all that. And if yep. he's not there, like, you know, he doesn't really have that presence. So it's a very, it's, it's a very fine line that he has to, you know, sort of, you know, does he make himself more public or does he take himself off and, you know... Because he's not really making the money, you know, from that. Everyone else is, the advertisers and all that. So it is it is a tough case. And this is, this is the thing, you know, you've got Beats Music now and um, Tidal. And, you know, you're seeing artists, like, taking sides, you know. And sort of like the, the music consumer is the ultimate loser because they've got to sign up to all yeah. these services. It's, I, it sucks. I think music streaming is could potentially be the death of true art and true artistry in the long term because it's becoming so disposable. And yeah, it really is. the minute something becomes disposable, it becomes a commodity. It's a, a commodity is disposable, you know? You, like you go, you buy some hand wash, you use it up. You buy some toilet paper, you use it up. 
you buy some food, you eat it, it's gone. Music has turned into that. I don't think it's turning into that. I think it has turned into that in many, many respects. And it's so undervalued and in some cases probably not even really truly valued by certain parts of society. So the question is, this is probably less about Prince and more about music and maybe we should do a show about this one day, but it ain't looking good. No, it's not. It, it's not looking good. I mean, if if I was an artist coming up today... God, there's so many things I could bloody say about this, but I'll, I'll never. There's no point starting because there's yeah. no end. No, there is It'll no end. It'll just but, go but on and on I, and on. I, I, I would just make the comment: <laughs> if I was an artist starting out today and I had a full album of material, I wouldn't want to even release it. I would not want to release it. Yeah. Because I would think to myself, okay, I understand people giving it away because they want to make a name for themselves, but you're you're devaluing That's your right. your own work. That's like saying. I'll work for like s- someone that works in an office or works in wherever they do. And they say to themselves, you know what? I want to be more known for what I do. I'm just going to work for free for a year. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the equivalent. I want people to find out more about my skills and about my abilities. So I'm just going to do this shit for free and see what happens. <laughs> that's the equivalent of producing an album re- and releasing it for nothing. These people that, I mean, I'm not going to, it's a, it's a big discussion, but I know there's a lot of people out there, a lot of bands even that think to themselves, we're just going to put, post our album everywhere we can and hope for the best. And, um, I don't know. I just think I mean, but like you said, in this situation where, what else can you do? It's everything is so fractured and there's, what else can you do? Mm. You can't just choose this one. Because then what about the 18 others? And that's the thing. Are we valuing a song like Hard Rock Lava? Like, I'm, I've, even though, yeah, we spoke about it on the show and I'll probably listen to it a few more times, that song will, will inevitably, I think, just not disappear necessarily, but it'll be, be forgotten even by a hardcore fan like myself. Forgotten compared to a lot of his previous material. It's like I said, um, you know, when I lay my hands on you, like that song was a wicked song that mm. no one heard, mm. other than you know the hardcore Prince fans that were in the MPG Music Club. Yeah, and then and, until he revived it for Montreux. Yeah, know, because, yeah. But and even that then, happened you know. with this song. It'll probably go quiet for years, and then he'll revive it, and everyone will just lose it again. I think uh, this song, more than any other song in recent memory, has the potential to create huge buzz online, but probably not in the way that most people think it would. And and this idea just popped into my head. And again, I don't see this happening just because I, I doubt Prince would ever allow it. But I can theoretically, hypothetically, foresee some modern R&B-ish artist or even rapper taking this track, covering it, rapping over it, and having that blow up all over the internet. That just sounds horrible. It sounds horrible, but <laughs> I can see like a Kendrick Lamar taking this song, rapping or, 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 or kind of half spoke, doing some sort of spoken word thing in the verses and then just having, you know, Prince sing on the chorus or something. I don't know. But I see that blowing up more so than than anything else. And anyway, and that opens up a whole other can of worms about guest artists and who's hot right now is who sells and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It's a can of worms. Probably not worth going into tonight anyway. Uh, so that's it. That's it. Until the next episode. Until something else happens that we feel like talking about. <laughs> this has been another episode of Peach and Black in 2015. 
this was the comeback, but it's not really. Until we, yeah, we, we. This, this is just a little basement thing. It's nothing serious. It's not a show. This is, this is our one-off internet release. <laughs> this, this is not a show. This is not free a show. on Podbean, but you can also find us on iTunes. Yeah, iTunes and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, all those places. Oh, I can tell everyone to go and listen to my show because uh, it's great. Yeah, plug <laughs> your show. And where do we find that show, Captain? Give us the link. That is at, it's on iTunes. Captain Says. Captain Says, or you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash captain underscore says. That's too long. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. I post all the episode there and you can just follow it. <laughs> nice. What's your Twitter address? C underscore A P underscore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. On Twitter, it's just, what is it? It's Captain says, Captain underscore says, at Captain <laughs> underscore says. Hilarious. Gee, even that's complicated. The show is not complicated. No, the You're show is definitely not. That's the thing. So when are you having me on, Captain? Oh, one day. Yeah, when are we? <laughs> He's like, on come on my show. And I'm like, when can I come on? Oh, uh, check my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> what I call it when I can't find anyone else to come on. Okay, thank you. Because you know that's the comments that I'll get. That's true. It's like when that I start, as soon as I get one of you guys on, it's like, oh, obviously can't get anyone else now. He's run out of people. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a very fake comment. So that's it. That's it. Until the next episode. Until something else happens that we feel like talking about. <laughs> this has been another episode of Peach and Black in 2015. This was the comeback, but it's not really. Until we, yeah, we, we've. This, this is just a little basement thing. It's nothing serious. It's not a show. This is, this is our one off internet release. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not a show. This is not Free a show. Free on Podbean, but you can also find us on iTunes, and Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube. Do a search. You'll find us. We're there somewhere. Oh, and ToeJam. ToeJam's got something to say. I do. Cheap fakes. Uh, yeah. Well, we're going to finish the show, I believe, playing our latest single, which is called Baby, It's a Good Song. Uh, it was recorded by us, performed by us, written by us. <laughs> uh, there's six of us, though, and, so And the not... <laughs> best part of it, produced by Josh Welton. <laughs> oh, we wish. Josh, if you're out there, you're welcome to come and produce our album. So. <laughs> Yeah, so this is called uh, Baby It's a Good Song. I'm playing trumpet on it. And there's a video coming out soon, which is pretty cool. So check us out. It will be out any minute. I think the song's on iTunes, but not the video yet. It'll be out any second now. Any tour date? Uh, well, our album launch is the 9th of October at the Trifford in Brisbane. The and Trifford. we will Yes, we will be playing elsewhere around Australia on the East Coast and possibly West Coast. TBA. TBA, yes. So keep an eye out on the Facebook Chief Fakes Facebook page or chieffakes.com, etc., etc. Enjoy. Baby, it's a good song. Baby, it's good if I could put some words to it. Baby, I would. Baby, it's a good song. Baby, it's good if I could put some words to it. Baby, I would. You pick me up when I'm slowed down. Yeah.
to say, so I say nothing at all.